Welcome to the K-Culture Church Podcast. We're a global church that exists to create a culture of heaven on earth. We hope today's sermon encourages you and blesses you. Enjoy today's episode. Uh, If you could turn your Bibles... Uh, to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. There's just a couple verses that I'm going to read, one from Ephesians, uh, this particular verse, and then one from uh, from the book of Matthew. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. Uh, and as you're turning there, I'll just let you know, the, the title of today's message is Remembering Our Father. Remembering Our Father. Uh, and so Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, uh, says this. It says, in him and through, uh, meaning uh, Christ, in Christ. So in Christ and through faith in Christ, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Read that one more time. Uh, In him and through faith in him, uh, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Uh, As you guys are kind of, you know, in this season of, of praying and fasting and, you know, keep this in the back of your minds that, you know, we have this gift called prayer. Right. Uh, prayer is, is not something that we made up. Prayer is not something that we kind of just, you know, thought of one day. Uh, but no, prayer is a gift that's actually given to us by God. Uh, and in this gift, Paul makes it known to us, uh, you know, and this, this might be, you know, sound a little obvious, but within this gift, we're actually allowed to approach God. Right. This is what we're, we're allowed to do. We are called to do. We are called to approach, approach him. And so, you know, as you, again, as you're kind of in the season of praying and fasting and, and really thinking of what is it that, uh, that, that we have here, remember this, you know, we have this gift where we can come before God. And so I want you to kind of meditate and just think about that for just a second, the, the implications of that. You and I, human beings, we are called to and allowed to approach God. Well, who is God? He, this, we, are, we are called to approach the sovereign Lord of the universe, right? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, right? The, the Alpha and the Omega, yet he himself has no beginning and no end. He's eternal, right? Uh, uh, King Jehoshaphat, one of the kings of, of Judah in the Old Testament says, Lord, power and might are in your hand, right? The Psalms talk about how righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne, that he, he's the great I am. He is God Almighty. He is power. Uh, just with a word he creates he's he's responsible for all creation he's created the heavens and the earth just with the word his word is powerful right his his word does not return to him void without first accomplishing what he desires he has the power to create to give life to tear down to destroy all at a word so he's a god that's powerful he's a god that's eternal he's a god that's holy he's clean not an ounce uh, of sin or wickedness within him Right? He's absolute perfection and no one compares to him. Right? God's holiness, is, you know, it's, it's one of those attributes that, that makes us realize when we recognize God's holiness, we begin to also recognize just how unholy we are apart from him, how unclean we are apart from him. Right? You know, Isaiah, uh, the prophet Isaiah has a, a vision of the Lord in Isaiah chapter 6 and he says, you know, he sees the Lord. He says, I see the Lord high and lifted up, seated on his throne, right? And the train of his robe fills the temple. And the angelic creatures are flying to and fro, just crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, right? And when Isaiah sees this, 
he doesn't begin rejoicing along with the with the angels, you know, singing holy, holy. He recognizes God's holiness and then immediately recognizes his uncleanliness. He says, woe is me. I am undone. Right? I, I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among people of unclean lips. Right? And now my eyes have seen the Lord. Right? He's, the moment he, he gazes upon God's holiness, his cleanliness, that majesty, he begins to recognize, Lord, I have fallen so sh- far short of this. How can, I, how can I be in this presence? Peter has a similar reaction you know, when there's a miraculous catch of fish. Right? Jesus tells them to push out their boat one more time, try again. And Peter says, you know, we've been doing this already, but yeah, well, I, I guess I'll try it again. And, and so when he does and they get this miraculous catch of fish, he immediately turns to Jesus, falls on his face, and he says, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. And, you know, because of the miracle, he recognized this is somebody special. This is somebody holy, and I just know how unholy I am. But in this gift of prayer, we are called, as Paul says, to approach God. How can you and I approach God, a God who is powerful, a God who is, you know, majestic, a God who is, he's complete, right? Whether we worship him or not, he's, he's still God. He's still complete. He's, right? He's, he's, he's holy. He's blameless. He's, he's clean. How is it that, you know, people like you and I can approach a God like this? We've been given this gift and we're called to approach him. But when we begin to think of who God is, it's like, how can I, how can I do this? With that in mind, I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. And just again, remembering what Paul says, he says, right, you know, we are to to approach God. We'll come back to that verse uh, in a minute here. Um, but if we are called to approach God, and God, again, is this God who is powerful, a God who is holy, a God who is clean in righteousness and justice of the foundations of his throne, and he's God Almighty, and he's the great I am, and all these things, this is who God is. How is it that you and I can approach God? And notice what Jesus says here, uh, starting from verse 9. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I'll read that again. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Just to give uh, just a real brief context on, on this. Uh, this is Jesus teaching uh, what's called the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and this is where he's going through this this amazing sermon, you know, where he's, he's talking about, I mean, he's touching a bunch of different subjects. He talks about fasting. He talks about, you know, uh, who's considered blessed within the kingdom of God. He talks about who's the true and false disciples. He talks about loving your enemies and all these things. He touches all these different subjects. And actually at the end of this sermon, uh, it says that the crowd that heard him, they were completely amazed. They were amazed at what they had just heard. Uh, they said, he's not like the religious teachers. He's not like, you know, the, the, the experts of the law. He teaches like one who has authority. He, like, he just seems to know what he's talking about. Right? Uh, and so one of the subjects that he's talking about that he touches on in this sermon is, is prayer. Right? And so he says, you know, and when you pray, don't pray like, you know, the hypocrites. There are, there are people, these hypocrites who like to stand out in front of everybody and just kind of just show off. You know, oh, I'm so pious. Oh, I'm so holy. Look at my prayer. And, and you know, that's their reward is just to be kind of, uh, you know, uh, loved and adored by the public. Oh, man, look at this, that holy person. Yeah, he's so holy. He's praying in front of, of everyone. 
Jesus says, don't be like them. He says, and don't be like the pagans who just because of their multiplication of words, they, they just say and repeat themselves over and over and over and over and over and over and, and say just, you know, a million, you know, million words every time they pray. They think that because of that, they'll be heard. He says, don't be like that. He says, but when you do pray, this is how you ought to pray. And he, he gives us that, that really familiar uh, prayer. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, et cetera, et cetera. Right? A prayer that you know, we've probably all uh, heard, you know, or, or, or read, you know, um, you know, at least once, I'm sure. Right? Now, I think what happens, you know, again, we're, we're trying to, to, to answer this question, how is it that you and I can approach God? You know, a God who, again, who is so holy, a God who is so big and so powerful and, you know, that, that you know, might be a little intimidating, right? You know, when you really think of, of, of who God is. I think the first point, uh, you know, when we're trying to answer the question of who, or of, of how we can approach God, I think the first point is answered right here when Jesus teaches us how to pray. And I think the, uh, it, it's in the first line. He says, this then is how you ought to pray, our Father. Okay, just think about that for a second. Jesus says, when you pray, you don't do it like this, you don't do it like this, but when you pray, do it like this, our Father. And I think the, 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 the real shame uh, is we sometimes blitz right past that part and we try to go into the quote-unquote the, the meat of the prayer, right? You know, Lord, you know, your kingdom come and your will be done, right? And, and, you know, we want this to be about, you know, right, kingdom culture. We want this to be about your kingdom and it's not my kingdom, it's your kingdom. You're the king, not me. It's your will, not mine. And Lord, you know, give us this day our daily bread. Here are all the needs, you know, that we have. And, and Lord, would you forgive me and help me to forgive others, right? And these are all things, of course, you know, we should pray. I'm not belittling uh, that. Christ himself tells us this is how we're, we're supposed to pray. But I think in, in kind of getting, you know, in rushing into that part, we miss out on something critical. The first words, our Father. How is it that you and I can approach God, a God who is holy, a God who is clean, a God who is big and mighty? We need to remember our Father. The fact of the matter is, the truth is, the God who is so holy, the God who is so big, the God who is so mighty, is our Father. Jesus, in teaching us how to pray, has actually defined the nature of the relationship that you and I are supposed to have, that you and I do have with this God who is big and holy and clean and powerful and, and all the rest. He's our Father. So to illustrate this, again, most of you guys, uh, you know, probably you don't know me, um, and uh, you know, and I don't know, you know, most of you guys. But let's say, for example, uh, let's say uh, there's a voice is kind of coming in from the background, right? Somebody calls calls my name, and I respond, "Hey, Dad," right? "Yes, Dad." "What's up, Dad?" Right? If I respond in one of those ways, okay. Again, you don't know me and you certainly don't know, you know, who the person is that I'm talking to. But because of my response, you could logically assume that, oh, he must be speaking to his dad, right? Nothing, nothing crazy there. That, that makes perfect sense. If I say, hey, dad, right? Uh, if I say, what's up, dad? You know, something along those lines. It'd be very reasonable for you to assume, oh, he must be speaking to his dad. But that's not the only thing that you can conclude from that. If I'm speaking to my dad, by definition, then I must be what? His son. Right? So if I say, hey, dad, you can, again, reasonably conclude, one, 
he's speaking to his dad. And two, I must be his son. How do I know? Or how would you know that? Because of how I, how I referred to that voice, how I referred to that person. If I refer to him as dad, by definition, I must be his son. Again, right? No, nothing, nothing too crazy. But now look at how Jesus teaches us how to pray. And he says, when you pray, this then is how you ought to do. You start with Father. Right? And in doing so, the nature of the relationship has just been defined for you and I. If you are calling out to your father, by definition, then you must be what? A son, a daughter, a child of God. When I call out to God in heaven, when I approach God, I am approaching him. What? I say, Father. And in doing so, I ought to remember something. That means I'm a child. I'm a son. This gift of prayer that that God has given us defines the nature of the relationship that you and I have with him. This God who is so big and powerful and and, and creator and, and, you know, right, he's the alpha and the omega and he's holy and blameless and clean and he's righteous and just and in all these things, this same God is Father, one and the same. How is it that I can approach God, you know, if I, if I begin to, to really think and get, maybe get intimidated and, and all these things, like, Lord, you want me to approach you? Yes. You're his child. What father wouldn't want his child to approach him? This is what God is doing for us in this gift of prayer. Right? And when Jesus teaches us how to pray, how to approach God, he says, start with this. Father, start with the nature of the relationship. Don't just rush into everything else. We do, you know, there's, we do need to pray for all the other things that Jesus tells us to pray for, right? Of course we do. That's Jesus tells us to. But we are not to rush just right past the, the, the relationship that we have. I'm coming to my Father. And if I'm coming to my Father, by definition, that means I'm a son. I'm not an orphan. Right? I've been brought into this family as a child. I am a son. You are his children. So number one, when we're talking about how can we approach God, number one, remember he's your father. How can we approach this God? The same God who is power and might and in all these things, that same God is your father. Remember the nature of the relationship. He's your father. That means you're a child. Okay? Then the next thing, before we get into the, the, the rest of, of the prayer, before we, we pray about anything else, you might want to take a moment then to think about and meditate on how is it that this God, who is powerful and, and mighty and holy and clean and all these things, how is it a God like that became my father? How does that make sense? Lord, how can I be in this family of, of someone like you? How did that come about? And so, again, you know, first, the nature of the relationship is defined, but then think about for just a moment, and and just meditate on that for just a moment. How is it that someone like me could be brought into this family? How is it that someone like God is my father? How can I legitimately claim God is my father and me not be a liar, me not be crazy? Wasn't it God who loved the world? 
who gave his only, he, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life? Right? Wasn't it God who, uh, you know, uh, it was his will to crush his son Jesus? Right? That the, the punishment of sin was placed upon him? Because again, God is a just God. He doesn't just, you know, circumvent, you know, sin. He doesn't just, you know, uh, deal, you know, deal with sin by, by sweeping it under the rug and pretending like it doesn't exist. No. The full weight of sin, the full punishment, the full wrath of God, because he is just, was poured out upon his son. So isn't it that Christ, you know, who took our place? Instead, it's us who deserved that punishment. It's us who deserved that crown of thorns. Yet as it says in Psalm 103, we are crowned with love and compassion. Isn't it God who placed his Holy Spirit within us? You know, the the sign and seal of our salvation, of our coming redemption. Isn't it God who placed his Holy Spirit within us? Telling us, I'm not leaving you as orphans. I, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't it by that spirit, as it says uh, in Romans 8, that it's by that spirit we can cry out, Abba, Father? Isn't it God who did all this work? You know, if I'm thinking about, okay, the, the, the nature of the relationship has been defined. God is my Father. Well, how is it that that came to be? God did all the work. I was without hope. I was dead in my sin. You and I were, we were far from God, right? We were, we were enemies of God, but while we were still enemies, God sent his son to pay for our sins, right? You and I were without hope, but now we have hope. You and I were dead, but now we've been made alive in Christ. You and I, we, we were far from God, but we who were far from God have been brought near by the blood of Christ, So when I'm thinking about, Lord, how is it that God became my father? How is it that someone like you became my father? How can I call to you and say father and not be crazy, not be a liar? Lord, you did all the work. You did all the hard stuff. There was nothing I could have ever done to to earn it, to deserve it, you know, to to purchase it as if there was, you know, uh, enough money ever in the history of this world, past, present, future to to buy something like this. To buy this this position of of a child of God, when I really begin to think about Lord the the not only the nature of the relationship but how it came to be, I just I begin to respond in worship. Jesus was very intentional when he says to his disciples, when he says to us now, "This then is how you ought to pray, pray our Father." Stop right there. Think about that. Meditate on that. Right? Take that in. You know, when we're talking about how, you know, again, we for you guys now, you're in this time of, of really praying and fasting, and I pray that this would even continue after your fast is over. That you that this then is how we pray. That we would remember one, the nature of the relationship. Two, how we would you know begin to remember how this relationship came about. God did all this work. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. We didn't. There was nothing that we did of value, to, you know, for God to say, okay, now. I love you. Now I'll make you a child. Now I'll do... No. He did all the work. How can I approach God? I remember he's my father. I remember the work too that he's done. And then when I begin to remember who my father is, I begin to remember the work that he has done. Now let's go back to Ephesians chapter 3, the verse that we started off with.
Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. I'll reread it here. It says, In him and through faith in him we may approach God with freedom and with confidence. And I remember the work that God has done. And I remember, first, excuse me, when I remember the nature of the relationship that God is my father, then I remember, you know, the work that God has done on my behalf. Then I come boldly to his throne. I come with freedom and confidence. I'm no longer, uh, you know, wondering, should I approach God? Prayer honestly becomes a little bit less of a chore and more of a delight when, when I begin to remember that God is my father. God has done all this work for me. He is calling me to approach him. How does he want me to approach him? With freedom and confidence. So we are to approach him, this is the third thing, with freedom and confidence. What does that mean? Freedom. This is referring to freedom of speech. That uh, there's a boldness that I come with in in intimate conversation to speak as a child does with their parent. This is, uh, you know, to to speak their, their, uh, as a child would speak their thoughts and their fears and their their desires and, um, you know, whatever might be going on in their lives. Just as a child would do this with their parent. There's a boldness to do that. This isn't to say, you know, come disrespectfully or anything like that, right? He's still God, but no, this is, but we are called to come in boldness. We are called to come in freedom. We are called to come in honesty in prayer. There's no reason for us to be dishonest in prayer. That does us no good, right? As if God doesn't know what we're thinking, as if God doesn't know what's going on in our hearts, right? You know, we're thinking one thing, we might be frustrated with something, we might be, you know, really struggling with something, we might be really afraid of something, but then we come to God saying, yeah, God, everything is fine, right? That does us no good. So God is calling us to come with this freedom to be honest in prayer. Lord, this is really what's going on. Lord, this is really what's happening. Lord, I, I really don't know how to handle this. Lord, I, I, I really am unsure of this. Lord, I'm just happy to just be with you. I, I'm not really asking you. Just this honesty in prayer to come in freedom, right? To freely speak intimately as a child coming to their father. How is it that we can do it? Because that's exactly what's taking place. You are a child coming to your father. Because again, as Jesus has taught us, that that's the nature of the relationship. The nature of the relationship through prayer has been defined. So we come with freedom, freedom to uh, freely to to speak to Him, uh, you know, about what it is that's really taking place within us. And we come with confidence. Confident of what? I am confident that I'm invited. I'm confident that I'm welcomed. I'm confident that I'm accepted. You know, when, when Paul is talking about here, we are called to approach God. Right? This is what God is saying to us through God's word, through the apostle Paul, God is telling, approach me, come to me, right? And so I come with this confidence that I am invited, that I am welcomed, that I am accepted, that I am heard. I am heard by God. Think about it this way. If God doesn't want to hear from us, right? If God doesn't want us to, to approach him, if God, you know, if, if God doesn't want us to, uh, to, to, to use this gift of prayer that he gave us, right? why would he speak to us in the first place? If there's someone, you know, uh, let's, let's say there's someone that you're, you're, you really just don't mesh with, someone that you might be beefing with, uh, you know, right? Would you tell them 
hey, let's, let's have a conversation. Would you speak to them? Would you send your word to them if you didn't want to hear from them? Right? Does that make sense? No, of course it doesn't. Uh, if you are going through something like that, hopefully you work through some forgiveness and things like that, but uh, maybe a sermon for a different time. But here, if we think about it logically, right? You know, if, if, I'm, if I'm struggling with someone, if I really don't want to hear from someone, if I really don't want to talk to them, why would, you know, I definitely don't want to hear, you know, any response back. Why would I speak to them first? Why would I, you know, open that, that uh, you know, send that invitation, so to speak? If I don't want to hear from someone, I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to speak to them first. I'm not going to send my word. So if God doesn't want to speak to us, why did he send his word? Not only the written word, but the word made flesh. Remember John 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And later on in that chapter, I think in verse 14, it says, the word became flesh. So if God doesn't want to speak to us, why send his word? Why speak to us through his son, Jesus Christ? Why make the word become flesh if he doesn't want to speak to us, if he doesn't want to hear from us, right? Why would Jesus go through what he went through? Why create us in the first place? Why do all of this if he doesn't want to hear from you? It doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. So I come to God with freedom. I come to God with this confidence that I am, I am accepted. I am invited here. I'm allowed to be here. I am heard by him. And all of this is possible because of my own work, because of my own uh, uh, doing? Absolutely not. None of this is possible because I earned it or deserved it or bought it or, or anything like that. All of this is possible that not only can I approach God, but I can approach my Father in free, you know, with freedom and confidence and boldness because this is the relationship that He has defined for us. Because he has done all this work. And as Paul says here, because of Christ, in Christ, and through faith in Christ, we come to God. We can approach him. We can, we can approach him not just in timidness, but no, we approach him with freedom and confidence. Just as children would come to their father. Just as someone who is invited and someone who is welcomed, someone who is heard. Because that's exactly what's taking place. God is our Father. He's not, you know, only El Shaddai and only, you know, God Almighty, only the, the beginning and the end. Yes, He is these things, absolutely, and, and He ought to be worshipped and, and praised, and, and, you know, we can be in awe of those things, of who He is. But at the same time, this God who, who is this righteous and holy and powerful being, He's also our Father. He's one and the same. So when we're thinking about prayer and in having this gift coming before him, right? You know, this, again, the season that you guys are in, and, uh, you know, with uh, this prayer and fasting and, and really seeking the Lord for whatever it is that you might be seeking him for, you know, whether it's something maybe personally that you're going through, uh, maybe, you know, you're just, you just want to know him more. Maybe you're, you're contending, you know, for something that, that has to do with the church, whatever it may be, we can come to him in this season not only in the season, but for the rest of our lives, we can come to him knowing this. God is our father. He has done all this work on our behalf. And because of that, we can approach him in this gift of prayer that he has given us. Uh, you know, approach him with freedom 
and confidence. I really believe when we begin to remember that, when we begin to meditate on that first, prayer becomes less of a chore and more of a delight. When we begin to remember who it is that God is, what it is that he has done, and in how he calls us to approach him, I think prayer moves, you know, that, that needle moves, you know, from, from being a chore to being a delight. Like, I, I, I cannot wait to get into prayer, right? Because I want to commune with my Father. I cannot wait to get into prayer. Why? Because my Father is God Almighty. My God is my Father. He is, you know, the, the one that I'm seeking can actually do something about the, the, the situation that I'm in. Prayer is a gift that God has given us where we are called to approach him with freedom and confidence. And so I really hope that this encourages you today um, to, to really remember who it is that God is, who it is that God has called you to be. You are his children uh, and this gift that he has given us, you know, where we can seek him and we are allowed and called to approach him with freedom and confidence. I'm going to end with, with prayer. Um, before we pray, I, again, I, I really hope that this would just kind of stir, stir up within you. Um, that every time you pray, start just as Jesus has told us to. Start with Father. Remember the relationship. Take a moment to just remember that. We're going to do that right now. Just take a moment and just remember the nature of the relationship what it is that God has done for us, for us to even be children of God. Um, and then let that kind of be, I don't know if this is the right word, but maybe a, a fuel for you, just a, a, you know, something that just really captures you, captivates you. Uh, it says, man, God really is my father. And then from there, we move on you know, into, into prayer. And